you for joining us at Bangalore Revival Center. We are a church that's dreaming revival with God and serving people in love. It is our desire to equip you to represent Jesus and carry his great joy to the ends of the earth. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit dreamingrevival.com. Now, as you listen to the word, we believe that God will minister to you. Father in heaven, how we love you. We lift your name in all the earth. May your kingdom be established in our praises as your people declare your mighty works. Blessed be the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Blessed be the Lord God Almighty who reigns forevermore. Come on, join with me. Blessed be the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Blessed be the Lord God Almighty who reigns forevermore. God, you reign forevermore. You reign forevermore. Lord, we invite your presence. We ask you to come and make this word alive for us. May we be able to interact with your heart. May we be able to engage with your thoughts. May we be able to hear from your spirit tonight, Lord. Wherever we are, whatever season we are going through, I pray that your word will come and address what we are experiencing in this season. Thank you for this amazing new series that we are studying. And we pray that each and every one of us will turn out to be more than conquerors. Not just victors, but more than conquerors. Give us the grace to conquer everything that stands in the way of us receiving what you have planned for us in this season, Lord. We give you all praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Welcome back. I hope that you were uh, tuning in to the last two Sundays that we studied uh, from this series. The first Sunday we studied on the topic of God being for us. Let's read that text out loud. This is Romans chapter 8, 31. It says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? This has to be the foundational belief system. The second thing that we learned so far in this series is verse 32. It says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not with him graciously give us all things? Uh, in other words, the second thing that we studied is about how Jesus Christ is the gift 
of God. Jesus Christ is the one that the Father has given us. And what do we have to do? We have to look at him. We have to come to him and we have to follow him in every season of life. Now today we're going to study the second part of this same scripture. It says, he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not give us everything else? Graciously, freely give us everything else. Now, now this is what I want you to understand. The Bible says that Jesus is already given for us 2000 years back. He has already been given. He came, he lived and he died for us. Now, along with Jesus, the ones that believe in Jesus, that have trusted in Jesus, how will they not also experience everything else? Now, if I have to ask you, what is the one thing that you need uh, in this particular season, especially to fight the battles? If you are in a battlefield, what are the things that you necessarily need? What are the things that you're looking for when you have to face an enemy, when you have to get into warfare mode? I'm sure that we are uh, looking at weapons. We, we would want the right armor. We would want the right things on us so that we are able to fight. We need weapons and not just weapons. We need the right strategy. And the Bible says, because God has given us Jesus, he has also given us everything else to make us more than conquerors, which means he has given us the strategy. He has given us the weapons. He has given us the strength. He has put everything within us to be able to come out of what we are facing as more than conquerors. I like this particular text in Joshua chapter 23, verse 9 onwards. I'm going to read it out for you. It says, For the Lord has driven out great and powerful nations for you, and no one has yet been able to defeat you. Verse 10, it says, Each one of you will put to flight a thousand of the enemy for the Lord your God fights for you just as he has promised. So be very careful to love the Lord your God. It's amazing. It's a, it doesn't necessarily say that God is going to scare the enemies off. It says you, each one of you will put to flight a thousand of the enemy, a thousand of the enemy. Now, there's great power when we come together and worship and we come together and we declare the word of God. We come together and we speak something. But, you know, we don't come together every day. We get to come together once in a week. And in this particular season, we are not even able to come together once a week. We have to wait for this entire lockdown to finish before we gather together as a church. So let's talk about what you can do alone as an individual without the help of your church, without the help of your family. What can you accomplish? It says each one of you can put to flight a thousand of the enemy. In other words, the grace that is upon your life is to cause at least a thousand demons, at least a thousand uh, uh, strategies of the enemy to be defeated that is the grace of God upon one of your lives one of your lives can you imagine what is possible when all of us come together in fact there is another portion of scripture that says one will put a thousand to flight and two will put 
10,000 to flight. Not 2,000, but 10,000. When we come together, the synergy is explosive. And, and still, what I want you to know is that God has given you the grace to fight the enemy. Now, we began by studying this in the first week of the series. There are some battles that you cannot really fight. You just have to stay calm. You just have to stay quiet and God will come and fight those battles for you. And yet there are other battles that the Lord has assigned for you to fight. You cannot wait and hope that God will fight those for you. There are some battles that you have to pick up your weapons. You have to man up and put yourself in that position of fighting and you need to learn the strategies that God is giving you. You need to receive the strength that the Lord has enabled for you in this season and you need to fight those battles by yourself. Now, now let's, let's read what Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3 to 6. He says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We are natural people. We are people that have normal logic and rational and all those things. And yet, we don't wage war like everybody else does. It says, we use God's mighty weapons. Not the worldly weapons, but God's mighty weapons to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Wow, this is amazing. Now, you and I, we would think that the greatest weapon in the world right now is COVID-19 or, or a particular virus problem of terrorism or that may be the kind of things that we think are the ultimate enemies that we are facing and yet here in this verse it says we use God's mighty weapons to bring down human reasoning and false arguments the Bible says these things or like these human reasoning and false arguments can actually become strongholds of the enemy. They can actually become strongholds that will pull down, that will break, that will stop you, that will become a stumbling block for the church to grow. And, and that is why Paul says we don't use the worldly weapons, we don't use human weapons, we use God's mighty weapon. And, and, and it says, what do we do with these weapons? We knock down the strongholds of human reasoning. And, and it's necessary for us to understand that we don't fight the same enemies that everybody else fights. We don't have the same enemies that everybody else does. You know, in fact, Paul says in Ephesians that our battle is not with flesh and blood. Our battle is with the spiritual powers and the principalities. And, you know, when we talk, talk about spiritual powers and principalities of the unseen realm, we sometimes imagine in our head that when they manifest, it will be some black magic or somebody manifesting in, uh, uh, you know, demon and, in, in, you know, all kinds of weird things happening. And yet in this verse, it says that it is sometimes manifested through human reasoning and arguments, false arguments and, and human reasoning. They can as well be signs of demonic 
fights against your life demonic fights against your marriage demonic fights against your ministry and and right now i i declare and i decree this over your life wherever you're watching me from wherever you're receiving this from may i speak this over your life that the lord is giving you and and he's equipping you and he's enabling you to carry his mighty weapons weapons that will cause you to overcome every human reasoning to fight every false arguments that are that are building uh, demonic strongholds against your life verse 6 it says we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing god we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey christ isn't this amazing he is actually talking about uh, you know people that are actively fighting belief in god actively fighting trust in god actively fighting the knowledge of god and he says this is what we will do when we exercise when we activate our spiritual weapons this is what we do with those weapons we destroy every proud obstacle you know these obstacles of human reasoning and false arguments are born out of pride and it says i am going to destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing god you know that is the whole danger of pride pride keeps us from really knowing god in a personal way pride what is pride pride is us saying i deserve to be treated like this this is my space this is who i am i hope that you learned something from yesterday's podcast on leadership talk if you've not heard it already make sure to go back and listen to it there were two people in that story one is eli who is in his own room he is comfortable in his own room and yet on the other side there is samuel and samuel is he doesn't have his own room he doesn't have any privacy he doesn't have any rights anybody to uh, you know cover him he is living out in the open and when the word of god had to come it did not come to the guy who was comfortable in his own room it came to the guy who had let gone of his privacy let gone of his rights and was living in the presence of god it, the voice of god came to samuel and i pray that in this particular season of life we will not be uh, uh, submitting ourselves to human reasoning we will not give in to these false arguments we will not give in to the pride saying i want my rights and i want things my way instead we will be the ones that will say lord knowing you is the greatest goal of our life getting to know the lord has to be the ultimate uh, reward we need the bible says we will capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ now we need to do this even in our own selves see paul right now is speaking and addressing the church and he's saying when we come there we're going to do this to everybody in the church that have false arguments and human reasoning and so often it's not others that have human reasoning and false arguments you have human reasoning in your own mind that are fighting that is fighting the move of god in your life that is fighting what god is doing in your life and 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 we have to exercise discipline and activate the spiritual weapons that god has given us and we have to take every proud obstacle and bring it to a place where these rebellious thoughts begin to 
obey Christ. We teach our thoughts to obey Christ. How do we do that? We speak to our own minds and we tell them, hey, you know what? That particular thought is not from God. That particular desire is from the pit of hell. That particular dream is meant to distract you. And you speak to yourself and you begin to teach your mind, teach every thought to obey Christ. Every thought that comes into your mind, you have to teach those thoughts to obey Christ. And you may ask me, what am I doing? This is what I'm doing. I am engaging in warfare. This is how you and I can come out as more than conquerors by teaching not just others to obey Christ, but ourselves, each and every thoughts in our own minds to obey Christ. And the Bible says, and after you have become fully obedient, we will punish everyone who remains disobedient. We will punish because now we have the weapons that are in our hands, spiritual weapons, not human weapons, but spiritual weapons. Now you may ask me, Pastor, you've been going on and on about these spiritual weapons. What are these weapons? And we will study them in detail in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13 onwards. This is, uh, this is Apostle Paul and he is writing in detail about the armor of God. And this is what he says. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to also stand firm. He says, there is going to come a day which is going to be called the evil day. I think there's no better time than the time that we are in right now and to look around and say, hey, we might as well be in that so-called evil day. And it says, if you want to stand firm in that season, if you want to stand firm when you're going through something like that, then you need to take up the whole armor and wear it on yourself. Not when you are faced with a battle, but in every season of life, make sure that you have this armor upon yourself. Because if you don't have this armor upon you and you're suddenly faced with an evil day, then you may not be able to stand firm. That is when you will start to doubt. That is when you will start to criticize. That is when you will start to feel guilty. That is when you will start to lose your concepts and your, your foundations. And it's not necessarily because you're not taught well. It's not necessarily because your salvation was not right. It's not even because you did not have the Holy Spirit. It's because sometimes we do not have our whole armor on you know when a soldier comes back home from a war he feels that now he is at in a convenient and a comfortable place he can take his armor off and that is why that is why sometimes these soldiers they are not allowed leave or uh, the the space to come back home in between the war because they tend to relax and, and take their life easy. And I pray that you and I will realize that you and I are always in battle. There's not one moment from the day that you got saved till the day that you enter into eternity, you are in a battlefield. You and I have to endure suffering as the soldiers of Jesus Christ. That's what Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 2. And, and here is this... Uh, the, the list of weapons, these spiritual weapons. Let me just remind you what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. He said, 
we are humans but we don't wage war as humans do we use god's mighty weapons not worldly weapons right what do we do with these weapons we knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and we destroy every false argument so i want you to remember this is spiritual weapons these are not worldly weapons second this is god's mighty weapons they are powerful weapons okay these are the weapons that you can use to put to flight a thousand demons that come against you amen now let's go into these weapons it says stand therefore Ephesians chapter 6 it says stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth the belt of truth that's the first thing that you and I need it says if you need to stand strong if you need to stand firm if you need to defend yourself well then the first thing you need is the belt of truth now you know several times when I travel I make the the fatal mistake of forgetting my belt behind at home and then I'd be there and I'd be preaching in a conference or I'd be you know meeting people and all those things and 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 I'd be so so uncomfortable because I don't because not every clothes that you wear are like the perfect fitting for you and 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 I'll be I'll be so uncomfortable because I know that there is something that is missing on me and the Bible says that's how essential truth is for us do you have truth in your life are you faced with the battle of living a double standard life are you different when you're in the church and when you're outside the church you know the truth that we are referring to here is the truth which comes which is all about integrity where you and i are not hypocrites where we are not different when when we are preaching on the stage and when we are listening from the uh, audience where we are not different when we are you know talking about God in the church and trying to defend God in the marketplace that wherever we go we will remain true to ourselves we will remain true to the person that God has called us to be we have to have that sense of um, oneness oneness there can be no double standard there can be no double-mindedness because the Bible says in the book of James that a double-minded person will not get anything from the Lord so if you and I have to walk in the fullness of what God is giving us then we need to have the belt of truth amen so the first thing that Paul says is here is a mighty weapon he's not talking about the good quality of having truth he is talking about a mighty weapon that can bring down all the strong arguments the false arguments and the human reasoning and all the strongholds of the enemy this is what can bring it down it is the belt of truth the second thing it says and having put on the breastplate of righteousness the breastplate of righteousness it doesn't say you have to become righteous it says you have to put on this righteousness now there are two aspects to it you know it's almost in the same statement it says you need to have the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness now the breastplate it, it technically protects your heart it protects 
the essential, the life areas of your, of your life. You know, without the belt, you may be very uncomfortable, but without the breastplate, I'm telling you, you are going to die in this battlefield. And it's necessary that we put on this breastplate of righteousness. You know, our righteousness, they don't count in God's standard. Now, when I talk about walking in truth, I'm not necessarily talking about our righteousness. I'm talking about us not being double-minded and, 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 and hypocritical in two different places and in two different personalities. But it's necessary that we learn to lay down all of our pursuit of our holiness and purity and righteousness and say, Lord, I need your righteousness. The righteousness that Jesus Christ has won for me on the cross. I'm going to wear that righteousness every morning when you wake up. Can you wake up with this great bold declaration that I am putting on the breastplate of God's righteousness, the righteousness that Jesus has won for me on the cross, the righteousness that Jesus has lived out for me on the, during the three and a half years of his time on the earth. Every morning, if you can make that your declaration, let me tell you what that declaration becomes. It becomes a mighty weapon that will protect your heart, that will protect your life, that will protect you from sin, that will protect you from unwanted temptation because you are declaring that you are the righteousness of God. You are declaring that your life is covered, that your heart is covered. You can no longer uh, you know, harbor feelings in your heart that is not of God because now you are the righteousness of God. Amen. Now, the first mighty weapon of God was the belt of truth. The second mighty weapon of God is this breastplate of righteousness. Let's go on to the third. It says, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. So we wore the belt, then we wear the breastplate, and then we wear the shoes. And it says this shoes, it represents the readiness, the preparedness, your willingness, your availability to, to talk about Jesus. It says this readiness which is given by the gospel of peace. It says that every child of God who believe in spiritual warfare has to be always prepared and always willing, always available to talk about Jesus to others. You know, this gospel of peace that we are talking about, this is nothing but the, the fact that Jesus, he came and he died for us. He lived for us. He died for us and he was risen again for us, for our salvation. And the Bible calls it a gospel of peace. If you read the root translation of the word peace there, the, the, in Greek, that word actually means prosperity. In other words, what he's saying is, you need to talk about the gospel of peace and prosperity. That becomes the shoes that you wear. I know what you're thinking already. You're saying, Pastor, when you started talking about mighty weapons, I thought you were going to talk about, you know, uh, speaking in tongues and dancing and, and, and going and punching some demons. And this doesn't sound like spiritual warfare. 
But according to Paul's understanding that he received from the Lord and he's teaching us, he says, this is how you fight your spiritual battles. This is what will help you stand strong. If you are ready with the belt of truth, if you have worn the righteousness of God every day, and if you, have, if you are prepared to talk about Jesus in every season of life, then I'm telling you, the devil is already scared of you. You know, how are you going to bring these false arguments and human reasoning and bring them to a place uh, to obey Jesus Christ? How will that be possible if you are not prepared to talk about Jesus? See, as Christians, we think that uh, fighting spiritual warfare is all about uh, you know things that we need in our life and we are not getting in the enemy has stolen But let me tell you the worst things that the enemy has stolen in this world are souls the souls that are in the grip of the enemy that are destined for hell for all eternity because of their allegiance to this world and the sin of this world and what better way for us to fight the battles that God has prepared for us than to be prepared to talk about this gospel of peace this gospel of prosperity you know these are battles that God will not fight for us these are battles that that you have to fight for yourself you have to uh, put on this belt of truth and you have to wear your own righteousness and you have to study how to share the gospel with an unbeliever friend if this person doesn't believe in god how do i begin this conversation if this person believes in this particular religion how do i begin this conversation if this person is a christian but doesn't really walk with god how do i begin this conversation you have to prepare yourself equip yourself this will help you to walk as more than a conqueror uh, the devil is not always scared of a church going christian but he is really really scared of a christian that is going to talk about jesus on the streets See, as long as we gather in the church and we, uh, we pray, worship and go back home and don't affect the enemy at all, we don't attack him at all, he's, he's peaceful, he's perfectly fine. But the moment we are prepared to talk about Jesus, man, we automatically become a threat to the enemy. And it's because we are unable to be prepared. We are unwilling to talk about Jesus to others that we walk around like people that don't have shoes and, and, and we have no direction in our life and we have no, no goal, no drive, no purpose for our days. But if we will make this as the goal of our lives, saying, Lord, I am going to make sure that every day of my life, I'm going to not just be prepared with the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness, but on my shoes, on my feet will be the preparedness to preach the gospel of peace. You know, the uh, prophet Isaiah, he said it like this. He said, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. How beautiful are those feet? Because he is looking prophetically at what Paul would write in the book of Ephesians. And he's saying, hey, their feet, they are wearing shoes, which are the preparedness or, or the readiness or their willingness and their availability to talk about the gospel of peace and prosperity. Amen. Let's go to the next uh, weapon, the next mighty weapon. And it says, in all circumstances, can you look at your neighbor and just say, in all circumstances. 
you don't have a neighbor, you, you talk this to yourself and say, in all circumstances, says in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Now, this is, this is what we usually talk about when we talk about spiritual warfare. We directly jump to faith. And, and to trusting in God and all those things. And, and we don't talk about the previous three, which is also equally important, by the way. And, and here it says that our faith, it, it becomes substance. Whatever we believe, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 says, faith is the substance of things that we believe. You know, when we believe something, they actually become solid physical substance in our bodies. I was reading this book by Dr. Caroline Leaf called Switch on Your Brain. And she was talking about how not everything that goes on in our life is genetical. There are things that you can do by renewing your mind and you choose to think in a particular way and you change the way that you think in your own head. And when you do that, that has the power to transform your genetics. It has the power to change your DNA. And once your DNA is altered or changed, when you have children, this new DNA is passed on to your children. For example, if I make active choices to start drinking alcohol every evening, you know, and I make, I, you know, that's a thought process, right? That's something that I believe. That's my belief system that I need this. And I ultimately become an alcoholic. What happens is because of my belief system, my genes get altered. And when I have children, my children will inherit that genes which will want them to be addicted to alcohol too. And that's why the Bible says, I will visit your sins to the third and the fourth generation. It is very necessary, my dear friends, for us to uh, be careful about what we believe. Because when the enemy throws fiery darts at us, it is not our speaking in tongues that will help us at that time. It is not our church commitment that will help us at that time. It is not our Bible reading abilities that will help us at that time. What will help us at that time is the shield of faith. Do you know what God says about this particular situation? Do you know what God says about financial struggle? Do you know what God says about physical sicknesses? Do you know what God's word says about being stuck in a lifestyle of sin? If you do, why don't you use that to develop your faith? Because faith comes by hearing and listening and, and giving heed to the word of God. If, if, if you just know the word of God, but you're not constantly meditating on it, then your faith levels will be really low. And in this season, if you want to equip yourself with your faith, I want you to go into the word of God and, and equip yourself, start meditating and start desiring and dreaming and, 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 and just dwelling on the word of God, just soaking in the word of God every day. Because the Bible says, in all circumstances, Take up the shield of faith. Now, this faith is something that you have to activate according to your circumstances. Depending on what you're being faced with, it says in all circumstances, 
take up this shield of faith and this shield of faith is powerful enough to quench to extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one all the flaming darts not 10 percent 20 30 40 nothing all 100 out of 100 of these darts can be overcome by your faith now see that is why we sometimes don't value the other gifts the other weapons because we know that faith works everywhere so sometimes we are like those the the, the naked soldier who goes onto the battlefield just with a shield and we don't have a breastplate we don't have a shoe we don't have belt nothing else we are just trying to live our entire life by faith but paul said no faith is important but along with that, so many of these other things are also important. It is necessary that you wear your belt. It's necessary that you wear your breastplate. It's necessary that you have the right shoes on. And it's necessary that you have your shield in your hand. Uh, the next mighty weapon, according to God's word, it says, And take the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. You know, we need to have this firm assurance and realization of the fact that we are saved not by our works but by the faith that we have put in jesus christ our mind needs to have this firm realization this firm assurance at all times that we are saved children of god this helmet of salvation you know you cannot question your salvation you cannot question the fact that you are saved at any point in life you cannot question that that's why it says put on take the helmet of salvation wear this helmet of salvation on your head it says the next thing and take the sword of the spirit which is the word of god it doesn't say take on the sword of your pastor or the sword of your church or the sword of your uh, family line or your culture it says take the sword of the spirit you know the holy spirit has a sword we see the holy spirit as a very gentle dove-like personality that uh, doesn't hurt anybody that loves everybody forgives everybody but let me tell you that the holy spirit has a sword and this is the sword that you have to use to punish the ones that are disobedient to to bring these rebellious thoughts and rebellious uh, reasoning to obey the voice of jesus christ you have to bring these people to jesus by using the sword of the spirit which is the word of god you know if you study the temptations of jesus when jesus was tempted he used the word of God. He used the scripture that was already written. When the enemy said, why don't you turn these stones into bread and you can eat? Jesus said, hey, guess what? It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the enemy said, hey, why don't you just jump from the top of this building? and angels will come and catch you. You, you, you. you want the word? I'll give you the word. The word says angels will come and protect you. Why don't you jump? And then Jesus said, but it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to test. He began to use the sword of the spirit. If you understand this, in the previous few scriptures of that 
particular chapter, Luke chapter 4, you would see that Jesus had just gotten baptized and the Holy Spirit had descended on him and he was driven by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness, right? Now the Holy Spirit's sword is available for Jesus to use and that's what he was using. The third thing, he said, hey, why don't you just worship me? I'll give you the whole world. You need the whole world. You want the whole world. That's why you're here. I'm going to give you the whole world. And Jesus said, but it is written. He didn't say, it feels good to do this. He didn't say, oh, but that's not right. This is the right way to do this. That's what my church teaches. No, no, no. It says, it is written. This is what is in God's word. And that is my sword. Do you know what is written? Do you know the sword of the spirit? Sometimes we think that the sword of the spirit is all about speaking in tongues. I'm telling you, we have such foolish understanding about the Holy Spirit. I'm not making fun of speaking in tongues. We believe in speaking in tongues. And in fact, this chapter talks about praying in the spirit. But that's not it. That's not all. If you have to walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, you need to know what is written in God's word. Let me say it out once again. If you need to walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, you need to know what is written in God's word. You need to know what is written because what is written is the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And it says we need to be praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication now how many how many weapons did we already study the first weapon was belt the second weapon was the breastplate the third weapon was the the shoes the fourth weapon was the shield of faith the fifth one was the helmet of salvation the sixth was the sword of the spirit which is the word of god now the next one the seventh one it says and praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication now that's the last one and it's it's the most important one all of the previous ones get its purpose and meaning when you begin to pray in the spirit at all times that is why speaking in tongues is part of spiritual warfare you do speak in tongues you do pray in the spirit and and what happens when you do pray in the spirit is that there is purpose being spoken into the belt of truth. There is alignment into the breastplate of righteousness. There is edification of, of your shield of faith. There your faith gets edified. There is your shoes get tightened and, and, and your helmet gets put into place in the right manner. Your, your, your sword gets sharpened and, and, and you know the strategies of what to do, what not to do, who to cut and who to help. Everything comes when you pray in the spirit and it says you need to pray in the spirit at all times with all prayer and supplication. Prayer and supplication are two different things. Prayer is communing with God. Supplication is receiving something from God. When you're asking God to give you something, when you're asking God to do something in your life, we need both. We need communion and fellowship and intimacy with God and we need to receive the things that God has planned and prepared to give us and 
the Bible says when you pray in the spirit, it has two purposes. It has the purpose of helping you to commune with God and it has the purpose of helping you receive from God what he wants to give you. So I'll repeat it once again before we continue on. Say, stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet having put on the readiness that is given by the gospel of peace and prosperity like i told you in all circumstances take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god praying at all times with all prayer and supplication see this is this is the mighty weapons that god has given us not one or two we need all of them we cannot just say i will just speak in tongues and everything will be all right you cannot just i'll start reading the bible and just ignore everything else you cannot just say oh i am a saved person i am saved by grace through faith i don't worry about speaking in tongues and reading my bible or anything else i just know that i'm saved that's not enough you need all of them each and every one of them contribute into making you the kind of soldier that you can uh, create an impact in the enemy's camp you know when uh, Gideon was going to battle the Lord gave him a very weird strategy the Lord didn't allow him to pick up uh, a battle uh, pick up a fight with the enemy with a huge number of people Instead, he said, reduce, reduce. He had a huge group of people and he said, reduce. Anybody that is scared, let them go home. He reduced the whole army to only 300 people. And when they were about to go to fight, instead of giving them swords and instead of giving them shields, God gave them a torch and an and a earthen pot. And God said, put the torch into the earthen pot and go into the camp of the enemy and when I tell you, when the ram's horn is blown, you need to break the earthen pot, let the light shine out, and then scream for the Lord and for Gideon. Now, if I have to tell this as a battle plan to any, you know, war strategist, they will find it foolish. They will say, you are trying to put those 300 people into a suicide mission. You, you are going to mess up with their life. You're going to destroy their life. And instead, uh, God says, just trust me. I know what I'm doing. Go into the battle with these 300 people and do as I told you to. And the Bible says when they did this, when they went into the enemy's camp and they broke this earthen vessel and they let the light shine out and they declared for the Lord and for Gideon, the Bible says the enemy started getting confused and the enemy started killing each other. They started having infighting and they started fighting with each other and they destroyed the whole camp before morning. There's nothing or nobody left for Gideon to in fact conquer. Gideon just gathered all the plunder and came back home because the strategies that God gives us are the ultimate strategies for us to win the wars that we have we are faced with the weapons that God has given us in his word in this scripture is all that we need to overcome all the fiery darts of the enemy every attack that is uh, that is in front of us that we are faced with in a continuous manner let me finish with this final verse okay 
I believe this is very prophetic for us because sometimes we put the ball in God's court and say, God, you fight my battles, which God will. There are some battles which God has to fight for you. You are not big enough to fight those battles. But there are some battles which God wants you to fight. And that's why he has given you the weapons. That's why he has given you the ability. That's why he has given you the strength. And it says in Psalm 144 and verse 1, this is what it says, Blessed be the Lord, my rock. If you have the verse on your screen, read it out with me, okay? Blessed be the Lord, my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Blessed be the Lord my rock, because he trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Now, I want you to remember this. I want you to focus your attention on this. It says, he trains my hands for battle and he trains my fingers for war he he's putting skill into my fingers my hands and my fingers he is training me for battle he is thanking god he is honoring god he is worshiping god and he's saying blessed be the lord my rock because he trains my hands and my fingers it doesn't say he trains my pastor's hands for my battle it doesn't say he he trains my church to fight for me now let me tell you, there will be seasons in life when your church will fight for you. There will be seasons in life when your pastor will stand in the gap for you. There will be seasons in life where, you know, you, you are unable to fight for yourself and people will stand in the gap and they will fight for you. But in this particular season of life, this is for those who have understood the value of knowing, walking and following Jesus, who, who have fixed their eyes on Jesus. For them, the ones that are following Jesus so intently, so purposefully, the Lord says, I have freely given you all the other things that are required for you to fight this battle. I have given you the strategy. I have given you the understanding of the enemy that you are fighting. And I have given you the weapons that you need to use as you fight these battles. And the Bible says, with these weapons, I'm going to train your hands for war. So as you're listening, if you can just keep your phone, your uh, tablet away, if you can just stretch your hands out to me, because I'm going to pray right now. And I'm going to pray uh, and release an impartation upon your hands and upon your fingers. You know, sometimes you may be using your fingers to just type or do coding or, you know, play instruments or feed somebody or do whatever you do with your hands. Let me tell you, the Lord has prepared your hands and your fingers for battle, for warfare, for something so supernatural, something so powerful that no eye can see, no ear can hear, no mind can know what God is about to release into your life what you are about to come into, what you are about to conquer, what you are about to experience. Come on, just close your eyes and pray with me. Father, I pray right now that wherever my voice goes, wherever people are tuned in, may it be live stream, audio, video, home churches, wherever your children are listening, Daddy, I pray, let this word 
occupe their hands, every outstretched hands. Right now, let the anointing of the Lord come and empower these hands to do the battles, to fight the battles, to, to conquer the battles that are in front of them. They shall not be defeated. They shall not put the ball into somebody else's court and hope that somebody else will fight for them. And instead, their hands will be trained for battle. Their fingers will be trained for war. They will know how to use their belt at the right time. They will know how to use their breastplates at the right time. They will know how to use their shoes at the right time and they will know how to use their shield at the right time and they will know Lord how to put on their helmet at all seasons and they will know how to swing their sword in the right direction and they will know how to pray in the spirit at all times uh, with prayers and supplication may this become a, a revelation may this become an understanding may this become personal for each and every one of your children that are listening to me right now because your word says in Romans chapter 8 verse 32 he who loved us and gave Jesus Christ for us how will he not give us everything else freely graciously everything that we need for our life everything that we need to become a more than a conqueror you will give it to us. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for you are releasing supernatural grace on us this season to fight our battles. Sorry, Lord, for outsourcing our battles in this last season. But in this season, we own up to our battles. We say, yes, yes, you have trained our hands. Yes, you have trained our fingers. Yes, you have prepared us to do your will on this earth in this season. We receive this into our lives we receive this over our church wherever our church people are watching in Ambernath, in bangalore in kenya in uganda wherever our church is watching and tuned in this morning i pray lord that they will experience this grace to fight their battles this week that they will not be uh, panicking by what the enemy is saying and doing and instead they will use the shield of faith that will quench and extinguish all the fiery darts of the enemy. They will use the sword, they will use the helmet, and they will use the, the uh, weapons, the mighty weapons that God has given us to, uh, to, to bring to nothing every stronghold of the enemy. Thank you, Lord, for re human reasoning is failing right now. Every false argument is failing right now. And only the thoughts that obey Jesus, only the strongholds that are willing to submit to Jesus will continue to be there in our lives. We receive this prayer in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. I know that there has been an impartation into your life this morning to, uh, to fight your battles. So as you step out of this place, before you go, make sure to spend some more time in worship. And... Uh, and before you step out, I want you to remember, I want you to identify those false arguments, those reasoning that you have been faced with in this last one week. And when you walk out of this place, say, I am going to use my belt, I'm going to use my breastplate, I'm going to use my shoes, I'm going to use my uh, shield, I'm going to use my helmet and my sword and my ability to pray in the spirit. I'm going to use it. That is my communication device to my 
heaven. I'm going to use all these seven weapons to bring to nothing every plan of the enemy. Thank you for tuning in. We believe that you are blessed by the word. We would love for you to be a guest on any of the weekends on a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. or a Sunday morning service at 11 a.m. For more information, please visit our website dreamingrevival.com.